The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of the global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to the 10,000 people in 1,000 regions across the globe who listened to our show in the first two months of this year, and specifically to our listeners around the world in Indonesia, Japan, and Hungary, and in the states of Indiana, Georgia, and Illinois. Welcome to you all, and thank you for your continuing support. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week for my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul. As you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Reconnect with the divine. Fear moves in when we feel separate from the divine. Think of someone you love and reconnect with the divine through love. Loneliness is a form of fear and is caused by the same feeling of separation from the divine and from your soul. When we reconnect, we fill with the love that is our true nature and our birthright. When we are full of this kind of love, it is impossible to feel lonely, even when we are physically alone. 
My next workshop will help you do this, connecting with your soul, asking and receiving. The idea of asking for what we really want is so foreign or frightening to most of us that we don't even let ourselves know what we really want. When you ask a child, they'll say, I want a castle or a million dollars. An adult will say, a good night's sleep. What happened to our dreams? Dare we even think about our deepest desires, let alone ask for them? And is it okay to dream big or is that being greedy or selfish or ungrateful? And did you realize that you can have a good night's sleep and a lot of money? It doesn't have to be a choice. What if you knew the truth that your soul's purpose is to live in joy, to live the life of your dreams? In this workshop, you will clarify your soul's desire, release the fears that block your receiving, learn the most successful ways to ask, understand the co-creation process, learn how to recognize what you are receiving, ramp up the power of manifestation with gratitude, love, and acceptance, learn how to be content and still ask for what you want, recognize silver linings along the way to reaching your goal, and leave with new techniques that will help you live your dreams. We'll be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas on Sunday, April 10 from 2 to 3.30. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy of our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Kira Asatrian, who will talk with us about a simple solution to loneliness. Last week, we spoke with returning guest David Bookbinder on adult coloring books for fun, relaxation, and healing. This new phenomenon is gathering a large following and for good reason. It's an easy way to move into a state of meditation and peace without having to go through a training or learning period. It also gives us permission to express our innate creativity, which was often shut down in childhood with debilitating criticism, stifling rules, and a judgmental grading system. Intentionally or unintentionally, 
intentionally. Coloring allows us to explore and release pent-up emotions that are hard to access and let go of in our daily lives. When I was telling a friend about this show, I mentioned that coloring had always been challenging for me because it required a degree of fine motor control that I just didn't have. Although it does help explain my choice of abstract expressionism as an artist, we both agreed that the truth is I'm really more of a color outside the lines kind of person. His response was that he could never color outside the lines, probably because he had to be the adult in his childhood home. He paused, got very serious and said, that was really heavy. I don't usually talk about things this way. I'm going to have to think about how that lack of playfulness has influenced my adult life. And that's a perfect example of why adult coloring books are so powerful. They help you look at things that you hadn't been able to look at previously. David's book is particularly beautiful because he created it with 52 of his original flower mandalas. To learn more, listen to last week's show by going to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. My silver lining story today is about a client's experience. Her emotionally abusive mother had just died, and rather than feeling sadness, she was angry. And on top of that, she was feeling guilty that she was relieved that her mother was dead. In our previous session, We spoke about the possibility of her mother's death, and I told her that her anger might get stronger after her mother's death because it would put an end to the hope that they would ever have a loving relationship. I reminded her that people who have had near-death experiences consistently report that there is no hell on the other side except for the guilt that causes us to create our own hell when we could be experiencing heaven. The same is true here on earth. We create our own hell through debilitating, self-punishing guilt. In fact, My client has every right to feel angry about the love that was denied her and the resulting pattern of abuse that defined her whole life until she came to me. I was also told her that feeling relieved and being able to admit it to herself and to me was actually very healthy and a strong indication of her growth. Most people would deny feeling relieved, and that would add more pain to their already brutalized mind and heart. Every time she saw or spoke to her mother, she would anxiously wait for the inevitable abuse. There was no way to prevent it and no way to escape it once the words had been said. They were intended to hurt and destroy, and they never missed their mark. Who wouldn't feel relieved to finally be free of that torture? Her silver lining is that she is able to tell herself the truth. As as the repressed anger and thoughts continue to emerge, she can let them go. And that's the process we're engaged in now. She asked me, how do I stop attracting abusers? 
only way is by filling yourself with so much self-love and love from the divine that abusers will be repelled. The light within you will be too strong for them to tolerate. Is this easy? No, but neither is living without self-love and without divine love. Another client who is on the same journey of healing from abuse asked me to read this letter that she wrote to me. As a kid, one of my favorite movies was The Sword in the Stone, Disney's animated movie about a young King Arthur and the guidance and support he receives from the great wizard Merlin. At the time they meet, the future king is an oppressed squire, trapped in a bad household. Merlin helps to empower the boy and convince him that despite the odds, he is bound for greatness. That greatness already lies within him, and that when the time is right, his powerful destiny will truly manifest itself. As a young adult with a history of abuse, but a desire for something more in my life, I subconsciously went searching for my Merlin, someone to help me leave my oppressive household and become the person I always knew I was destined to be. On that journey, I literally met bad witches, warlocks, and healers who caused me great harm before I unknowingly stumbled into Dr. Paula's home just like Arthur stumbled into Merlin's home. Over the course of our work together, Dr. Paula has supported me in saying goodbye to those who wish to hurt me, showed me that magic and healing of the highest vibration are here on earth, and that anything is possible with hard work and help from the spiritual realm. Like Merlin in the movie, she has instilled in me the value of education in building a brighter future for myself, the beautiful reality of animal magic, the importance of fun, how to stand up for and protect myself, and that when the time is right, things work out in one's favor. The similarities are uncanny. Benji, her cat, reminds me of Merlin's wise and sensitive owl, Archimedes, and she herself feels the future and fights the forces of darkness when needed, while seeing the learning in every situation, just like Merlin did. I have yet to see Dr. Paula transform herself into an animal or pack her bags with a wand, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like Merlin did with Arthur, by standing in her own power, she has inspired me to stand in mine. Thank you, Dr. Paula, for being the Merlin to my King Arthur. Arthur, the Yoda to my Luke Skywalker. I couldn't have done any of the things I've done in the last few years alone, and I am beyond grateful for your support. You have helped me to find myself again, and I couldn't imagine a higher calling. You truly bring magic here to earth, and I feel so honored to call myself your pupil, client, and friend. This particular client has worked very hard to change her life and allow herself to experience love. 
I am grateful for the blessing of working with her. Within our healing relationship, she has learned to feel trust and safety. No one can teach these things, but I could show her the way. By being non-judgmental but truthful and by consistently acting in a trustworthy fashion, I was able to help her learn what it feels like to have an intimate relationship. Then she was able to take that out into the world with an awareness that some people are trustworthy and others are not. She has learned how to tell the difference and who to keep in her life. She is still letting go of toxic thoughts and emotions that include self-criticism, shame, guilt, and self-blame. That she now knows the difference between the truthful voice in her head and the one that is trying to hurt her gives her the advantage. She can vanquish the critical voice that her parents gave her, and she diligently works on it every day. She is learning what it's like to communicate without fear and ultimately to love and accept herself. Having a compassionate listener, interpreter, and advisor is the beginning of developing healthy relationships outside of the therapeutic relationship. It's also the beginning of learning to see yourself with compassion and knowing that you deserve to have intimate love and friendship in your daily life. The cure to loneliness is filling yourself with love by allowing yourself to receive love from the spiritual realm from your soul and from other people. When you truly feel that love, you are never lonely because you are deeply connected to the eternal part of yourself. Our guest today has a personal and professional understanding of loneliness, and I'm grateful to have her on our show today. Kara Asatrian is a couples coach and a team coach who trains Silicon Valley startups to work cohesively. She is also a speaker and popular blogger on Psychology Today and other sites. Prior to becoming a full-time relationship coach and writer, she ran marketing campaigns across major platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Google Search. She has identified loneliness as a problem of epidemic proportions and helps people in the San Francisco area develop closeness, which she has identified as the antidote to loneliness. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Connecting with Your Soul, Asking and Receiving, or to schedule one in your area. Then click on store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Then go to calendar of events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kira Asatrian, who will talk with us about a simple solution to loneliness. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems 
and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners. And as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down how often you feel lonely. I'm so pleased to welcome Kira Asatrian, who will talk with us about a simple solution to loneliness. Kira, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much for having me. You're welcome. I'm privileged to have you on the show. And I was wondering if you would begin by telling us how you got interested in this topic, because I know you have a personal story. Yeah, so the way I started thinking about loneliness was I, I actually, I, I have felt lonely on and off throughout my whole life. And my, my first memory of it was when I was actually really young. Um, and, and I always found it a very weird experience because I actually had a great family and I had friends, you know, more or less throughout my whole life. And I, I found that there was kind of a bit of a disconnect for me um, between what I was being told loneliness should be like and what it was like for me. For me, it was not solved by just having people in my life. So I wanted to come up with a, a slightly different take on it. Okay, so what you're saying really is that there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Yeah, and I am a tried and true introvert. So, and all the introverts out there know that 
that sometimes being alone is a wonderful experience and, and solitude is great. Um, but when you feel like you no longer have control over whether or not you're alone, then it can transform into this very negative feeling of loneliness. So, and, and how is it where, because what I experience um, is that often you can be alone in a crowd so that it's not mm-hmm. only about whether you're physically alone, it's also about the quality of what's happening with the people who you're with. Absolutely. I think it's a very common experience, actually, to feel to feel lonely in a crowd. I, w- I would imagine that a lot of people in any given party or social gathering are feeling some of, the, some of these lonely feelings that I describe in the book. So how do, what, what do people do um, to solve this problem? Or is it a problem yeah. to be solved and can it be solved? <laughs> yeah, it, it unfortunately is a problem. It's actually quite bad for you in a lot of different ways to, to feel chronically lonely. It's very bad for your health, which is too bad. Um, but so what you can start to do to, to feel less lonely is, is understand that it's not really about just getting more people in your life. It's about getting more of this positive feeling of, of closeness in your life. Um, and I'm happy to talk about what I mean by closeness because that's, that's the root of it. Okay, well, go ahead then. Sure. <laughs> so what I mean by closeness is it's a feeling that somebody else understands the real you and also values you. Um, to me, I feel like you need both of those parts to feel close to somebody. You need to feel like they get you and like they also care about you. Um, and when you have both of those things, I call them knowing and caring, then, then it creates a relationship that really alleviates loneliness in your life. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to um, speak about what the bulk of my clients are, and that is people who have been abused. And so mm-hmm. if you grow up with abuse or you've experienced abuse over a long period of time, one doesn't even know what closeness is. Um, there's an illusion of, or a delusion, but there's a belief <laughs> that you're um, connected and that you're close just because somebody says they love you and how right. to distinguish between real closeness and and words that sound, make you believe that you're close to someone. Yeah, it's a, that's a totally good point. Um, you know, one thing that I talk about quite a bit in the book is how to know if somebody is is a good person to, to get close to. Um, and, and not everybody is going to be. Some people are going to use, you know, the personal information that you reveal against you. Some people are not ready for this level of intimacy with somebody. Um, but I guess I just, I always think, you know, if you don't, if you don't try it with anybody, then the consequences can be quite negative as well. So how do you begin to learn what real closeness feels like and what somebody really, truly caring about you feels like? 
Mm-hmm. I think a, a great place to start, if you, you know, if you believe that you've never really felt this feeling of being understood and valued, um, a great place to start is getting close to yourself. Um, and really, you don't even really need to involve anybody in the beginning. Uh, so what that would look like is, uh, in terms of valuing yourself, it would be showing yourself a lot of self-care, uh, which I'm sure you talk about on this show, um, and getting to know yourself on a deeper level. You know, what, what do you really need? What do you value? What, what motivates you in this world? Um, I think those are all really good points. And would you talk a little bit more about self-care? Because I remember when I was on this journey um, that we're talking about here, I remember saying to someone who said, well, you need to take better care of yourself. I said, well, I take a bath every night. And like that to me was (laughs) (laughs) self-care. I didn't know even what that meant. Yeah, it, it's it's actually quite hard for people to wrap their minds around this because I think a lot of people put themselves in the position or they just, you know, have somebody else has put them in the position to be second or to be a lower priority um, than somebody else in the relationship. So the, the real core of self-care is just I matter too. My needs matter too. What I care about matters too. Um so then from there, it's about honoring what you need. So for example, like, I actually like the bath thing. I don't think, I don't think taking a bath is a, is a bad way <laughs> to go I, about this. Absolutely. Like a, um, it's just not all of it. <laughs> it's not all of it. And a more like kind of important example would be um, if you're in a relationship with somebody, let's say it's somebody in your family, and you know that you're not getting what you need from it, and you've tried to get what you need from the relationship, then, you know, creating boundaries or backing away from the relationship is a form of self-care as well. Absolutely. And, and a hard one to do because it feels like that's all you've got. It does. And we believe, we totally believe that some relationships, like, should be closer than others. We believe we should be close to our parents. We should be close to our children. We should be close to our spouses. But in in real life, some of these relationships are not going to be the closest relationships that you will have. And sometimes we have to create um, our own family that's not blood, but that is who really values us. And as you say, um, cares about you, gets you, knows you, wants to know you. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Wanting the... (laughs) The fact that it's not, you know, they're not doing it because they're obliged to do it, which can often happen with families or spouses, it actually feels wonderful to know that somebody is just choosing of their own free will to to get to know you and care about you. Right, and and sitting silently at dinner with somebody doesn't mean that you're close. It means if... If they don't want to have any questions to ask you, any conversation to have with you, how is that caring or sharing or intimate? Yeah, it's really not. I mean, there's reasons to have relationships other than this feeling of closeness, but but I think it's nice to sort of understand that you are empowered to have close relationships with somebody, whether or not it's the person you happen to live with or, you know, to me, the the core message is just 
loneliness is not like a personality trait, you know, <laughs> it's not something that, that can't be changed and, um, and created in your life. Absolutely. And you talk about it being of epidemic proportions right now. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the the most recent study that's been done on this says that about one in five Americans is chronically lonely. So that's about 60 million people. Um, and that's, it's a self-reported thing. So there's, there's no, you know, objective statistics on it. It's just people reporting how they feel on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's a lot of people. That's 20% of the, the population. And the other thing that I found very interesting when I started researching for this book was there's two big spikes in terms of age. Um, but people feel very lonely right now in their late teens and early 20s, which is fascinating to me. And then the second one is around 40s and 50s. So, and when I started, I thought I, I was sure that older people, like older than 50, would be the loneliest group, but they're actually not. Well, I think that you've identified two critical points in one's development because in the late teens and early 20s, you're really separating from your family. You're truly individuating. And and do you have enough of you to be able to go out into the world on your own? Yeah, it's a big, big transition period. I also was, was thinking, you know, especially at this moment in time, a lot of people leave their, their hometowns. They move far away during that period of time, which I'm sure would have an effect on, on one's relationship. Uh, yes, and I have a couple children who, adult children who are in that millennial um, age group, and I had to learn, I had to get a smartphone and learn how to talk. <laughs> It's the the only way the kids talk to anybody these days. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, it's like I still like talking to people, but their main mode is is texting. And even like the birth of a child, you get a text message. (laughs) I know. It's true. It's true. I actually talk in the book a lot about how technology is is inserting itself into our relationships. I think it's a big, important change that's happened in the last decade or two. I think so, too. And and as you point out, I, I agree with you that it does contribute to a, a, um, a lack of intimate relationships because, first of all, text can, or, or emails can be misunderstood because there's no to- tone and there's, a, there's not an immediate way to, um, to talk about it. So somebody might get offended and you don't know about it uh, uh, for a year or more, or maybe never. And, and yeah. no, no offense was intended. Yeah, oh, it's uh, those mediums are so you know fraught with misunderstanding for sure, and it's also just you know a lot of how we understand one another is not the literal words that we're saying. It's also you know voice tone, body language, and and touch, and touch especially is just totally taken out of the equation when you're interacting through a phone or a computer. Um, absolutely. In person is always the best, but with people, as you point out, leaving, then we have to fall back to technology. 
but of the options. And, and yes, what you're saying, that the data shows that only 7% of communication is the actual words. Everything yeah. else is what you were describing. So if all you're doing is texting, you're missing most of the communication. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually tell my clients, so most of them know, like, well, I say, first of all, don't share bad news over text because then you can't really process it. You can't talk about it with the other person. Um, and, and they usually understand that immediately. But I also say don't share good news either because there's no opportunity to celebrate in the moment except for sending maybe some emojis or something. But who really cares about that? <laughs> exactly, because it's the human celebration that counts. And, you know, recently my son was got a very nice promotion, and he texted all of us. And I texted him back, and I said, please call, because I want to celebrate this with you in person, right. which was the phone is the closest we could get. And, and he did. He respected that. But it's, it's that um, sense of, yes, we deny ourselves so much of the joy in life um, and, and the mourning because it's all of the range of emotions that cannot be expressed and shared through the written word, but only through verbal communication and, and even better through touch, as you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm very hopeful that, you know, I think the pendulum has swung very far in this direction of, like, everybody texts about everything. I, I'm hopeful that it will swing back over time and, you know, especially, well, so I'm, I'm 32, so I'm, I'm a millennial but on the older edge of the spectrum. And I think that, you know, the people who've grown up with this are going to realize over time that it, that it is kind of interfering with their relationships. Yes, and that may happen at that next critical phase that you talked about in the 40s, um, 40 to 50, that range where people are kind of slowing down in the surge to make it in their career. And maybe if they've been home with kids, the kids are getting older. And then it's mm -hmm. like, what do I really have in my life? And, and then you begin to ask the deeper questions. And maybe what you thought was important isn't as important as you thought it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, you know, this, the, the 40s to 50s spike in loneliness kind of intuitively made sense to me because that just seems like a time when, you know, you're probably deep in your career, maybe have kids, maybe have aging parents. There's just a lot to deal with in that age range, and, and you know, having close relationships might f start falling down the priority list, which makes sense to me. Yes. So this is a good point for us to um, take a break, and then we'll come back and talk more about the effects on health and the um, and ways to uh, to begin to break out of this feeling of loneliness. 
I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and healing at deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. And as we've been talking about here, truly getting to know yourself. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It continues to be a gift that helps my clients heal more profoundly and at a more rapid rate than would normally be expected. Now on your paper, write down what you're going to do to stop your feelings of being lonely. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kira Asatrian, who will talk with us more about simple solution to loneliness. Be the change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214 208 3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214 208 3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down what you're going to do to stop being lonely. And I'm so glad we're here with Kira Asatrian, who will talk with us more about a simple solution to loneliness. Kira, this is absolutely fascinating. And in the last... um, portion of our discussion, we were talking about how one gets to know themselves. And Mm -hmm. 
and about self-care. And I think that's so important. And especially for women who want to put everyone else first and have been taught that everyone, their parents, their spouse, their children is more important than they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are quite a few, you know, women in particular who get some sort of happiness from feeling needed. But, but the thing is that you need yourself too. <laughs> you know, you are needed by your own self um, to be your own advocate and, and provide for yourself as well. Um, Absolutely. So in terms of getting, in, get, in terms of getting to know yourself, I, for me, the first step is just creating space. Um, and I, I kind of mean that exactly what it sounds like creating space to think about what would make you happier space to reflect on what's been going on in your life and, you know, how it could be different. I, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist and coaches are always forward thinking. They're always more about, you know, thinking about, you know, what, what could be better in the future. So that's, that's always a good place to start is just creating space for yourself. And I remember when I first started on this journey, I couldn't even identify what I wanted because I was so used to putting myself after everyone else that I really lost touch with what brought me happiness and joy and pleasure. Yeah, it's very typical to have a, a very uncomfortable period of time when you start really trying to get close to yourself, um, where you really don't know, you don't have a lot of answers about what do I need? What do I value? Um, how can I take care of myself better? And it's, uh, I would just say, you know, it's, it's really okay for it to be uncomfortable at first and answers will start coming the more you do it. Yes, um, absolutely. And I was wondering about the effects on people's health. Um, mm-hmm. how, what is the impact of loneliness? Yeah, it's actually quite bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it, a, lo- a lot of the effects of loneliness are on par with things that we know are very bad for our health, like smoking, obesity. It's, it's actually related to dementia, um, it, the way that it acts in the body, the, the feeling of loneliness is it acts a lot like stress. Um, so stress tends to increase inflammation in the body and tax the immune system. So there are unfortunately like real consequences to this negative feeling. Um, but it's, I, I don't say that to, <laughs> to fear monger. It's just, uh, it's, to bring awareness that, you know, this is something to think about. Well, it's something not to dismiss or to feel like, oh, well, that's just foolish, Um, you know, rather than because we've been taught that anxiety is serious. We've been taught that, I mean, doctors even recommend meditation to reduce stress. We've been taught that depression is serious, so you take a pill. Um, but we haven't addressed the question of loneliness, so people don't understand that it's something that um, could be serious and, and that they need to pay attention to. Absolutely. I also think, you know, loneliness is, is not, it's not a diagnosable, you know, mental disorder like anxiety or depression are. 
Um, and I feel like it's kind of maybe where depression was a few decades ago in, in the sense that like a lot of people who feel lonely really just think it's, it's their fault. They just think it's a, you know, I'm, I have a flaw in my character and I'm unlovable and there's something wrong with me when it's really much more of a, a normal human experience that everybody goes through. And is more serious for some than for others, and that's yes. a self-diagnosis. Um, it's on a continuum. And I think this issue of do I deserve closeness is mm-hmm. really important because maybe there's something so seriously wrong with me that I don't even deserve to not be lonely. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, I think your listeners will probably relate to this, that, you know, if you have been isolated, you, you, you will often start to self-isolate. So, for example, if you believe that you're not deserving of love or closeness, then you will create an environment where love and closeness doesn't come to you um, because your beliefs, you know, create your surroundings, essentially. So... I, I personally believe that everybody can do this and, and, and it really will move your relationships a little bit closer to close. You may not be at a moment in your life where you're going to have a lot of extremely close friendships or relationships, but just moving a couple of these relationships closer can, can have a very positive impact on your feelings. And, and so it's step by step, and it's not how many friends you have, one or two um, close friends uh, after you begin to work with yourself and getting closer to yourself, because if you don't know who you are, you don't even know who you can relate to on an intimate level. Absolutely. I actually spend, I spend two whole chapters in the book talking about asking questions. Um, that, that allows you to know somebody better. And, you know, if you're on the receiving end of some of those questions and you really know very little about your own inner world, they're really hard to answer. (laughs) So, so that's, it's a really good place to start to kind of pose these questions to yourself in a non-threatening manner. And, and to begin as a way of getting to know yourself before you take that out into the world. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah, um, that sounds um, really helpful. And I, I think, uh, do, do you also recommend like practicing in front of a mirror conversations or on a tape recorder? Um, I think that it's it's very useful to start doing some of the, so I talk a lot about language, the type of language that we use to interact with one another and how a lot of it keeps relationships very, very surface level. Um, so some of the, it's, it's great to practice changing some of your language, even just in normal conversation with, you know, people at work, people in your family, really anybody. You can start using the, these questions and, and rephrasing um, to get a little bit deeper with people. And, and I think it's important to understand that you could be in preschool or kindergarten in terms of the learning and to be patient 
with yourself and not expect immediate results, but to really think of yourself as maybe even a toddler. You know, you're just learning these skills. So um, having self-compassion, which is a way of loving yourself, um, a very important way, um, is, is so important in the learning process. Absolutely. And, you know, these types of intimate conversations are, they're not really something that people are just born know, knowing how to do. It, it is something that's learned over time. And you could be a full-grown adult, and if you have never really been exposed to these skills, it could feel very new. Um, but, but, but still try. <laughs> Right, and to learning to um, just do a little bit more each time and allow right. a little more each time. Um, someone, when I was first learning how to accept compliments, someone said, well, just shake your body a little bit and make room for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think just do a little bit is a great, is a great suggestion. It's, you don't need to, you know, expose every every all of your deepest, darkest secrets to everybody you know. But just asking one more slightly deepening question in a, in a normal conversation can actually open up a lot. Yes, and actually you don't want to divulge too much too fast. And I think that is a potential error is mm-hmm. jumping from zero to 100 with someone who you haven't developed trust with and you don't know what they're going to do with that information. Yeah, the, the pacing is important. Um, if you jump right into the deep end, it can, well, for one thing, it can scare the other person. <laughs> um, or, or you could have not really figured out if that was the right person to divulge personal information to yet. Right, and it could even scare yourself. You could scare yourself, too. Yeah, you can. Um, Kira, this, this has been wonderful. What a delight um, on on a heavy topic, and I truly appreciate your um, knowledge and wisdom and insights and sharing them with us. And I wanted to remind our um, audience that you can reach Kira at her website stopbeinglonely.com and to get her book. Stop Being Lonely. Thank you so much, Kira. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Kira's book and (laughs) to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing, the OM awakening, and the ultimate creative problem-solving process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. Literally thousands of angels, 
archangels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Click on the... on the link to register for my Connecting With Your Soul Asking and Receiving Workshop, then go to Calendar of Events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself and to your inspiring story or your questions. Those of you who live in Dallas and want to experience my ultimate creative problem-solving process, please join my meetup group by clicking on the icon on my website page. Our next meeting is the first Wednesday in April, April 6, 1130 to 1. And please join us next Thursday when Dr. Matthew McKay joins us to share his journey from skeptic to active communicator with his dead son. This is Dr. Paula, your CM, or chosen mom, as designated by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.